0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Today discussing uh, parts of the Book of Tehillim, We know there's 150 psalms in the Book of Tehillim, wrote by David Amelech. We talked about that in the introduction last week. And I'm going to pick a few, because it's impossible to go through the whole book, I'm going to pick a few highlights of certain, certain Tehillim. So I want to start off with Psalm number one, because that's number one. Okay, I'm going to do number one. Psalm number one. It's a beautiful, beautiful psalm, which is, uh, you know, the countries have a hard time classifying it. Why is it hard to classify? Because it doesn't really ask for anything. It's not a prayer. The first psalm is not a prayer. Interesting. It's not a prayer. It's not a complaint. It's not a cry for help. So what is the first psalm? So first of all, let's read the first psalm. You have it in front of you. It's very nice. I'm going to read it to you in English. Ashri Ha'ish, praiseworthy is the person that walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stood in the path of the sin- sinful, nor sat in the session of scorners. I'm reading the article translation from Tehilim, this is Psalm number one. So the first part of the Tehilim tells us what a righteous person does not do. It's interesting, it starts with the negatives. Because that's based on another psalm. Another psalm says, First step, keep away from evil and then do good. It's very important to first keep away from the evil paths and then do good. So the first part of psalm number one starts off with what a righteous person does not do. What are the praises of a righteous person? What does a righteous person not do? So number one his, he does not or she does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. What does that mean? That means taking advice from evil people and does not stand in the ways of the of the sinners and not sit in the session of scorners. Now, this this uh, phrase, session of scorners, is a very interesting phrase. It's called a Moshav Leitzim. Moshav Leitzim is um, people sitting around just chit-chatting, uh, talking maybe Lashon HaRabah, other people, nothing better to do, no guidance, no flow. There's no uh, purpose to their chit-chat. There's no purpose to their session. There's no nothing constructive coming out of this session. They're meeting and there's no purpose, higher purpose to that meeting. So that's considered a moshav le'tzim, a session of scorners. So that is the negative aspect of, of being a tzaddik. A tzaddik keeps away from these things, not wasting time, not being around bad influences. You know, one of the key... Uh, positions in education is peer pressure one of the keys in education is peer pressure you can tell who a child is by who they hang out with you can tell who a person is by what friends they make and who they hang out with and that's exactly what king david tells us in the first part of psalm number one the negatives how to be a tabiq the negatives keep away from evil keep away from bad keep away from friends with bad influences and then now he talks about the positives his desire is in the Torah of Hashem. That there's a higher purpose to life. There's a spiritual mission. Every one of us has a spiritual mission. The Jewish people have a spiritual mission. And we fulfill part of the spiritual mission by the Torah of Hashem. The Torah of Hashem is the soul of the purpose of life. The soul of the purpose of life is the Torah of Hashem. And in the Torah, the person meditates day and night. So now, so that is the negative aspect of a righteous person is keeping away from the negatives in life. And the positive aspect is clinging to the Torah of Hashem, not just theoretically, but also practically. That's the hard part. The, The hard part is being practical, being a godly person, being an ethical person, being a moral person, having good friends. And then now we talk about the reward. What is the reward of a righteous person? Number one, It should be like a tree deeply rooted alongside brooks of water. What does that mean? That means a person who has Torah has spiritual anchor in life. A spiritual anchor in life. Today's society is terribly wishy-washy. There is no moral anchor in society. Society flows just has is grounded is is anchored in life he's like a tree which is planted trees are planted that they take roots they don't move around too much so too we who have the torah are anchored in we have a morality we have a moral code which is not wishy-washy which is not change over time today's society is always fluctuating this is allowed this is not allowed one day it's allowed one day it's not allowed and every time we go through new movements, today we're going through another movement in America, other kinds of movements, I'm going to talk about it. But we see that society is changing, the moral fiber of society is changing all the time. We who have the Torah are grounded, we have anchoring, we are anchored like a tree, that's Rabbi, That's David HaMelech, I was going to call him Rabbi David, Rabbi David HaMelech, Rabbi David HaMelech, Rabbi, David HaMelech, Rabbi King David he was a rabbi as well people don't realize he was one of the greatest rabbis he shall be a tree deeply rooted along the brooks of water so a well nourished tree a healthy tree a person who has torah is going to be like a healthy tree that yields its fruits what are the fruits of the torah the learning the teachings the moral code that we get the ethical code that we get that's the fruits of this tree and whose leaf never withers. This tree will last. We see the Eitz Chayim. The tree has, keep, has kept on going for 3,500 years ago. So the Torah was given 3,500 years ago approximately, and it's continuing today. 3,500 years later, there's been a tremendous revival of Torah study all over the world, which has not been around since the time of Chizkiyahu Amerah. People don't realize that. There are more people learning Torah today than ever before in our history, up to the time of King Hezekiah, which was just before, prior to the destruction of the first temple. So the first temple period, but going back to the first temple period. So there's a tremendous amount of Torah study. Now, the only problem is we have to relate it. We have to take the Torah and use it to become better people. That's the hard part. So, it's, so on one side, we have to learn Torah. On the other side, we have to use the Torah study, not to cheat, not to crook, not to be immoral, That's the hard part, is bringing the theory into practice. And that's what David Amara says. A tree deeply rooted alongside brooks of water that yields fruit. That's the main thing. So yield fruit, and everything that the person does will succeed. That is the blessing of God. So here we find that this is what this, uh, this psalm is all about. This psalm is moral guidance. This psalm is moral guidance. It's number one. This psalm, psalm number one, is moral guidance. How should a person run their lives? What should they keep away from? What should they run towards? And then there's a blessing. Hashem gives a blessing. Everything that a person does who does this will succeed. Now it compares to the wicked. This is one of the 30 principles of faith. There is reward and punishment. The righteous are rewarded and the wicked are punished. It's one of our major 30 principles of faith, with Rambam. And we say this every morning, just after our morning prayers, and the civil, you'll find this 13 Ikarib, Shloshra Ikarib, the 30 principles of faith. And it's right here in Psalm number one. King David is uh, writing it in his Psalm, the first Psalm introduction to the book of Psalms, that there is reward and punishment. Now, we don't always see this in our lives. And that's one of the big questions. Why do the wicked prosper? Why do the righteous suffer? That's the book of Job. And the answer is there's two worlds. Everything eventually evens out. People who suffer in this world eventually will get their reward in the next world. People who have their uh, reward in this world sometimes get their reward in this world and they suffer in the next world. So we cannot know where everything is, but we believe. It's one of the 30 principles of the faith, our belief. This is, our, this is what it says over here, the psalm. That the, it's interesting. So the righteous are like trees which are grounded and anchored. And look what it says by the wicked. It says the wicked are like the chaff that the wind drives away. What does that mean? The wicked are not, they're not anchored. They have nothing to anchor them. Their morality is wishy-washy. Their morality changes and fluctuates from day to day. That's their society. They say the morality fluctuates from day to day, Which which government there is, which society is in control, which value system there is. Everything fluctuates from day to day. That is blown like the wind the chaff blown like the wind there is nothing anchored nothing is solid everything is fluctuating therefore the wicked shall not be vindicated in judgment nor the sinful in the assembly of the righteous for hashem attends the way of the righteous while the way of the wicked shall perish so here we have psalm number one it's all about an interesting moral approach to life telling us what to keep away from guiding us to the right paths telling us what the difference between the righteous and the evil doers, um, anchoring oneself with morality and Torah knowledge and giving fruits. The fruits should be good fruits. Uh, and that's what it predicts. What are the good fruits? The fruits of ethics, fruits of mor- morals, the fruits of family life, of uh, children, grandchildren, etc. fruits of uh, propagation, fruits of growth. And that's the tree of life. That's the tree of life. As opposed to chaff, which is dead. Chaff is dead material which we blow off the wheat, and we take the kernels. The kernels, are the fruit of life, and we blow away the chaff. So that's the an interesting mashal parable David Amelach makes in this first psalm. I just want to go more into detail. So this psalm deals with the path of life, questions of life. What is the best path to choose in life? And it's one of the themes. Of David and Melech saying it's not a prayer, it's not a cry for help, which usually we're used to in Psalms, this is an advice, this is moral code, the advice of David and Melech, when you start a book of Psalms, what is Psalms all about? Get closer to God. How do you get closer to God? By getting close to God's word. What is God's word? The Torah. When we learn Torah, God is speaking to us. When we pray, we're speaking to God there's a two-way street. We have to remember all the time, constantly. By the Moshe, When Hashem spoke to Moshe, saying, what's saying? Saying to Israel, saying to us, God is speaking to us all the time through the vehicle of the Torah. David and Melch advises us, keep away from bad influences, cling to Torah, cling to Torah, Torah is the path of life. To be like a growing tree, be growing and fruitful, that's the point. So it's not a prayer. It's interesting. This first psalm is not a prayer; it's a pathway to life, and tells us there's reward and punishment in life as well. Life it's not something to play around with; it's a serious business. So very interesting, and uh, tells us be righteous, not be evil. What path to choose? And uh, uh, and David tells us what should a person do. What is, the, what is the, the, the reward for righteous people? So this is a righteous righteousness, choosing righteousness, keeping away from evil, the advice of David HaMelech. So it gives us a warning. Why do we start the book with this advice and a warning? And the answer is this book is the first book in Tanakh of the Ketuvim. So Tanakh is Torah, Nevi'im, and Ketuvim. Three parts to Tanakh, 24 books of the Bible, and the third part of tonight is known as the Ketuvim, the Chronicles. The first book of Chronicles, according to our tradition, is the Book of Psalms, Book of Tehlim. So W. w. Medic is writing a preface to not just the Book of Psalms. He's writing a preface to the whole Book of Chronicles. It's the first psalm in the Book of Chronicles, not just the Book of uh, Psalms. And it's the preface to not just the Book of Psalms, but also the Book of Chronicles. And there's a connection between the last prophet in the book of Nevi'im, which is prophets, which is the middle book of the three, and the first psalm. So there's a there's a tremendous link. So what is the last prophet in the book of um, of prophets? And the answer is Malachi. Malachi ends off his uh, his book by talking about the greatness of Learning Torah. So he talks about the greatness of learning Torah. That's how he ends up the book of prophets. And that's how we, David Amenov, starts off the book of Psalms by telling us that a righteous person will cling to learning Torah. So there's a tremendous link over here between the last of the books of prophets in the book of uh, Nevi'im and the first of the book of Psalms, which is the beginning of the book of Ketuvim. Book of Chronicles, so amazing linkage over here, and uh, so there's uh, this. This, is, this psalm is a very important psalm to teach ourselves and teach our children. This is advice for life. The first psalm is advice for life, telling us what are the important things to keep away from, the dangerous things to keep away from, and the good things to cling to. So there's a, there's a path of goodness, path of evil, two paths in front of a person. You know the famous story. It says, from Yochanan Ben Zakkai, the great rabbi in the time of the end of the second temple, he was crying before his death. And the students asked him, why are you crying, rabbi? He said, I see before me two paths. I don't know which way I'm going. I'm going to the top. I'm going to the bottom. I don't know where I'm going. And they cried. And the students cried. They said, bless us, rabbi, before you go. He said, I bless you. that You should always choose a good path in life person should always choose the good path in life. So there's two paths in life. One is the path of righteousness, and one of the paths, path that doesn't get a person anywhere. It's the path of uh, death and uh, dying, which is what I'm, I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about death and dying spiritually, which is like the, the husks which are blown away by the wind, wind which are blown away. Or you could choose to be a tree planted by waters and be fruitful. Or can choose to be a husk blown by the wind, which is morality and ethics and anchoring oneself in Torah. Or just being blown by the winds of society, which are the winds which have blown husks away. Okay, that's Psalm number one. We're now moving on to one of the most famous Psalms. Uh, By the way, Psalm number one, we say every Yom Kippur um, after the prayers on, on the night of Yom Kippur. It's one of the sigulot, one of the uh, good things to do, start off uh, straight after Yom Kippur and save a person from impurities at night. And it's also a, a psalm, which is a sigulot, stop a woman having a miscarriage. So very interesting psalm, number one, very beautiful psalm. I guess there's a, there's a connection to being fruitful and multiplying in the psalm that a person should be uh, linked in to God. And uh, that is the source of life, with relationship. Okay, I'm moving on to psalm number 23, which is one of the most famous psalms, and I'm sure it needs no introduction. Everyone knows psalm 23, Moldavid, a psalm of David, God is my shepherd, I shall not want. Very famous psalm. And uh, he lush meadows, he lays me down, beside tranquil waters, he leads me, he restores my soul, Though I walk in the valley overshadowed by death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in view of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil, which is the oil of the messianic line, which is the oil, Shemin and the oil of anointing, which Shmuel anointed David. He anointed, he made him a king. May only goodness and kindness pursue me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of Hashem. For length of days, So we have over here this psalm. This tremendous psalm. This beautiful psalm. The parable of the shepherd. Hashem is our shepherd. We have to know that Hashem is our shepherd. And uh, we will not lack. If Hashem is the shepherd now. It's interesting. All our greats. The forefathers were all shepherds. Uh, Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. All our greats in our history were shepherds. Those are the greats leaders and the uh, early founders of our faithful shepherds what's the greatness of being a shepherd because a shepherd knows how to provide for his flocks you want a fruitful flock you want a successful flock you have to be a good shepherd now being a good shepherd involves guarding the sheep and providing for them everything they need and when David says Hashem you are my shepherd It means that Hashem provides for me as we see the first line. Lush pastures, He provides for me. And he guides me in my life because the shepherd guides the sheep where to go to find more pastures. So being a shepherd is one of the most important facets of our forefathers that taught them how to be leaders, how to look after their flock. Now, flock is not just sheep. flock can also be people. So David Merak was chosen as the leader of the Jewish Mm -hmm. people because he was an amazing shepherd. The Midrash says the same thing about Moses. Moshe Rabbeinu was chosen to be the leader of our people because he was a a tremendously successful shepherd of his flock. In other words, to be a leader of people, you need to practice. How do you practice? Probably the safest way is to practice on a flock of sheep. Now, sheep, they don't rebel and they don't answer back. So it's a very one-sided kind of practice it's much harder to be a leader of people who do think for themselves and answer back. And uh, we see Moshe Rabbeinu did not have easy sailing. And similarly, David Amalekh did not have easy sailing because being a shepherd is different from being a shepherd of people. So being a shepherd of sheep is different from being a shepherd of people. But it's interesting that David Amalekh, the successful shepherd, uses this analogy when talking about Hashem hashem you are my shepherd hashem you are the shepherd what does that mean you are my shepherd you guide me in my life you defend me from my enemies just like the shepherd has to save the flock from the wolves and the dogs and the lions and the tigers and the bears so too you hashem are my shepherd you look after me you guide me this is this idea of divine providence yeah David so it's interesting. Built into the Psalms is parts of our principles of our faith. That God is our shepherd. God is the divine providence. God provides divine providence for every single human being as long as you request it. As long as you're in tune with God. If if you're in tune with God, says, if you walk with God, God walks with you. Why? How do we learn this? Because David Amelich says, God, you are my shadow. Hashem, you are my shadow. We're going to talk a bit about that later on. So Hashem is the shadow. If Hashem, if you believe Hashem is your shadow, your shadow goes wherever you are, where there's light. And Hashem is our shadow. Hashem goes wherever we are, not just that. But Hashem imitates whatever we do. What does that mean? There's a concept in Jewish a philosophy of Mida Kanegin midah. Whatever you do, your shadow emulates. You turn your head, your shadow turns its head. It's, it's just a, it's a shadow of you. Same thing, Hashem is our shadow, we look to Hashem, Hashem looks to us, we follow Hashem's ways, Hashem says I'm going to help you follow my ways, so it's Mida and me the, the, the thomas says you leave me for one day, I'll leave you for two days, what does that mean, you walk away from me one day, I walk away from you one day, now there's two-way, two-day gap between us, I walk, you walk closer to me, I walk closer to you, Muhammad says that is the secret of divine providence, the more we think about God, the more God is with us. The more we care about God, the more we mention His name. Hashem says, "You mention My name, and I will come and bless you." Boy, no better way of getting blessing is to mention God's name. When we say a bracha, Hashem blesses us. When we say Mazon, Hashem says, "You bless me for your food; I'll give you more food." We're gonna talk a bit about that. Okay, so it's important. This is the first parable in this psalm is Hashem, you are my shepherd. And since you are my shepherd, just like a good shepherd, his flock does not lack anything, Like sir You look after me like a good shepherd, I know I'm not going to miss anything. I know I'm going to be well provided for. And in fact, you put me in lush pastures. You put me beside still waters. Revive my soul. You know, this is a facet of life today, which is being missed by most people. That there's not just the body, the physical pleasures, the physical necessities of life. But also Hashem refreshes our soul. And that is what spirituality is all about, is refreshing one's soul with spirituality. We have to be able to refresh our soul with spirituality. There's something that plugging into Psalms refreshes a person's soul. I know from my own experience, I see my father every Shabbat. I mentioned how he used to come and spare time, just sit there for hours and say to Eliam and you see a different person. His soul was refreshed. All his troubles vanished and his soul was refreshed. So we have to plug ourselves into God. And that's what David Abbas says. Uh, Nafshi Yeshaviv restored my soul. You gave me back my spiritual dimension. This is something which we have to get from the Psalms, plugging ourselves into Psalms, plugging, plugging ourselves into our Tepilot, plugging ourselves to God. We will get our souls will get replaced and nourished. Very, very important today. People forget about that. And even though you walk, even though I walk through the valley of shadow death, oh, listen, think about it. David Melech was surrounded by wars. He was the warrior king of Israel. In fact, he was not allowed to build the first temple because his hands were full of blood, even though they were the blood of our enemies. Nevertheless, he was not allowed to build the temple. His son Shlomo never fought a war in his life was the one chosen to build the Dash. The house of peace has to be built by people of peace. But David was a person of peace, but he was surrounded by enemies and warfare all his life till the very bitter end. Unfortunately, tragically, he was not allowed to build the first temple. And what he did build was never destroyed. So, the parts of the temple that still exist today, we have a legend. Our legend is, our faith is that David Ambelech was involved. And that's why Hashem says, Whatever you build, I'm never going to destroy. So, David Ambelech is the one who sets this path of divine providence. Hashem is my shepherd. I will not lack. If I depend on God, I will not lack for anything. Plus, if I depend on God, I'll be spiritually refreshed. And even though I walk through the valley of shadow death and I'm surrounded by death and dying, nothing will happen to me. This is very, very critical. The secret of success and survival in warfare and times of danger is in Od Milvador. There is nothing else. There's no other power in the world that can affect me except for God. There's no other power in the world except for God. I will fear no evil because you're with me. This is very, very hard to do. A person hears big bangs. Listen, I was sitting at my table drinking a cup of tea. Uh, what was it six months ago? And Hamas sent a rocket and it landed like a mile away or so, it wasn't far away. You heard the big bang, and there was a big sirens going off. So, it's very hard to stay in tune with faith in God when things are difficult, and that is the secret of this psalm. Lo ira I will not be scared. A person who is scared shows they have no faith. It's hard to have faith when times are tough and a person is surrounded by death. But there's a secret of survival, is to have faith in God. Think Yudke Vachke. Think no other God, only one God. It's a secret of survival in a war, the Rambam tells us. Those who think about their wives and children when they're fighting a battle, that's the secret of not success success is not thinking of anything thinking about the mission at hand because i'm fighting for god and i'm fighting for my people and that's Ramam says will be guaranteed success in the battle you're guaranteed not to be killed in the battle amazing so that's david america even though I'm, I'm in the shadow of death i will fear no evil because you are with me i feel your presence with me you are my spiritual anchor, you are my spiritual magen. You know, we find it out in the Shmone Estre right? right at the beginning of the Shmone Estre right? We talk about okay, the camera. Okay, somebody okay, I go by Ella Gadolla, give one right. Elivion, Gomel Hasim Tovim, Konyakozo, has the award, maybe go Elivian, much more. We have a Melech was there, um, Melech is a king. You're my king, Melech was there. You're my helper. Moshiach, you're my savior. Um again, and you are my shield. Why these four different terms to address God? Melech, Ozer, Um Moshiach. Um, again, we have to explain. So a king, it's very hard to get in touch with a king. Have you ever tried to get in touch with a president? I don't know how to get in touch with a president. You have to write a letter, maybe you'll get a reply. Is there, is there a number to call? I don't know. It's hard to find these people when you need them. So Melech is a king in his palace. Hard to get in touch. We address God as the king. He's the master of the world. Ozer. He's also the Ozer. He's also the helper. What is the helper? You need a plumber. The plumber says, okay, I'll come in in tomorrow, day after. I need a guy for my air conditioning. I'll come in a day or tomorrow. Uh, I need a guy to put a vent in my bathroom. I'll come today, tomorrow, day after. That is a helper. Or the ambulance, that's a helper. They come straight away sometimes. They come half an hour later. The police, the ambulance. moshiach that's a salvation. But the best thing is a magen. Hashem is our magen. A magen magen is a shield that is with a person 24-7. The shield is there around the person 24-7. Hashem is not just the king. Hashem is not just the helper who comes in two days' time, three days' time. Hashem is not just the savior like the ambulance, the police. Hashem is the shield. That's the highest level of divine providence. And that's why we know God is magen David. We know God is my again, Abraham, the shield of David, the shield of Abraham, the highest level of divine providence is a shield, and that 's what King David is telling us in psalm twenty three even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. you are my shield, Hashem, you are my shield, you set the table in front of all my adversaries they 're all jealous and dozen men i 'm still successful, and my cup overflows. you know it 's interesting David Amir, king david's Grandmother was a girl called Root Root. Root, so what does the word root come from? And it comes from here, this word, this pasuk. This word revaya. Root comes from Ravé. Ravé means overflowing. King David was overflowing with praise of God. And that was his great-grandmother's name. Overflowing. She was overflowing with love of God. And he was overflowing with the same love, only he addressed God and with praises. So my cup will overflow. That's one of the good signs at the end of the at the end of the Shabbat. We uh, pour a little bit of wine into the into the plate to put out the uh, the candle of Habdalah. That's cup overflows. It's a house in which there's plenty of wine that you can even throw a little bit of wine away, and it won't be noticed. That's a, a house full of blessing. Cause says, "You have never let me down. I share my life. You look after me, and you give me plenty. You." My bounty, my cup overflows, and may only goodness and kindness pursue me all the days of my life. Now, it's an interesting way of putting it. You should say, you know, may goodness and kindness surround me all the days. Why pursue me all the days of my life? So, I saw a beautiful idea. I don't remember who says this, it's a gorgeous idea. You know, sometimes a person's pursued by the wrong people, it's pursued by the police, it's pursued by the IRS, it's pursued by the wrong things. David Amel says, I want to be pursued by the right things. What are they? I want to be pursued with, look what he asked for, tov and chesed. How are you pursued with tov and chesed? If the rabbi calls you and says, come to this class, you're being pursued by goodness. If the rabbi calls you and said, come and make a minyan,' you're being pursued by goodness and chesed. If you have charity collectors coming to pursue you, open, knock on your door. You're being pursued by kindness. Acts of kindness should pursue us. But Israel will have many, many different mechanisms in our lives for acts of kindness. Many opportunities. That's what David Abedek is praying for. Please, God, may things that pursue me be only good things. I should be pursued with many opportunities for goodness and not for bad. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful psalm. Let's go more into detail in Psalm 23. Psalm um, 23. And uh, so, again, it's one of the principles of our faith, that God, divine providence, he is our mashkiach. He knows what we need, just like a good shepherd, compared to a good shepherd, knows what the sheep need, the flocks need, he gives them exactly what they need at the right times. Hashem protects us in times of trouble, even in around death times, where there's wars and famine and corona and other things, a person should have belief. But you should try and learn this psalm by heart for all occasions, for all emergencies, it should be on the lips, at least have it next door to you. Psalm 23. Today with the internet, if there's two seconds, you'll find it over there. So uh, interesting. Uh, nothing, I'm not lacking anything, David Adela says. God is with me, He's my shepherd, He gives me everything physically, gives me everything spiritual. Divine providence, one of the beliefs, 30 principles of belief. We believe that God has divine mm-hmm. providence. He's looking after us. So Hashem is our shepherd. Hashem is looking after us. Now there's another part portion of the of the psalm where David says, Ach tov and I will dwell in the house of God for length of days. Now, what is this? What does this mean? I'll dwell in the length in the house of of God for length of days. So here we have a different parable. So first part of the psalm, God is the shepherd. Now God owns the house. God is the house owner and we, we're praying to God to be part of his household. We want to be part of your house, Hashem. Shiftei Hashem. I want to be part of God's house. So the rabbi said, what is God's house? Synagogues, houses of learning, parts of God's house. Shiftei Hashem. David Amel says, Call I want to be part of your program. I want to be praying to you in your house. I want to be learning your Torah in your house, Hashem. But also, it also has um, deeper meanings. God's house is the next world. Length of days is in the next world, Hashem. I want to be in your house in the next world also. Not just in this world, but also in the next world. So it has beautiful... Uh, Parables in the psalm of the divine shepherd and the divine house owner. We want to be part of God's house. We want to be part of God's kingdom. Israel hashem So it's interesting. So the third opinion, there's a third opinion up here that says this psalm is talking about the Jewish people wandering through the desert, that God is our shepherd with a pillar of fire the pit of cloud that falls from heaven in a wondrous ways the the water follows us through the desert this is the psalm 23 is all about the wandering of the jews through the desert and also wandering through exile the last 2000 years of exile is wandering through exile god is our shepherd there's no other way to explain jewish survival because we are surrounded by enemies not and stop so just yesterday, Amnesty International released a terrible report about Israel. We are surrounded by enemies nonstop, even now, even after the Holocaust. Yes, they we're surrounded by enemies. And this is the secret of our success and survival The Psalm 23. Hashem is our shepherd. So beautiful, beautiful idea. When do we say this in our prayers? So in the synagogue, we say this every Friday night. And also we say it in as an introduction to the Kiddush on Shabbat mornings. Every Shabbat mornings we say Psalm 23 before the Kiddush. Beautiful. And then some people sing it during the Sudash Ms. Mismore David became a very famous song to be said at the Sudash Yashid. So this is a fascinating psalm, beautiful song. We're moving on to Psalm 24. Now, it's interesting. Psalm 23 is famous. Psalm 24, one of my favorite psalms. Psalm 24 is one of my favorite psalms. And I just want to read it to you in English, and then we'll talk about it. Um, And this psalm starts off, Le David. Le David is one of the 14 psalms in the book of Psalms, which starts off with David's name, David. David Mizmor. So he switched around. Before we had mismore Le David, the psalm of David. Now we have Le David mismore. To David, it's a psalm. Hashem. Is belongs the earth and its fullness. Everything belongs to God. The earth belongs to God and its fullness belongs to God. The inhabited land, those who dwell in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. This psalm discusses how this world was created by God and is owned by God. This world and everything in it is owned by God. We are just God's messengers. We are just managers for God to look after the world. And then he says something amazing, which my favorite lines, who can climb the mountain of God? You know, today I was just in the old city and I was climbing the mountain of God, literally climbing the mountain of God, going to the old city. Actually, today you go down to the Kotel, which is interesting. When you go back, it's a big climb. But in those days, the Kotel was on the highest mountain, you know, because it's a tell. Yushalayim today is a tell, you know, it's a ruin built on ruin, built on ruin, built on, unfortunately, it's been destroyed so many times. Israel actually will never be destroyed again. And at one time, the Temple Mount, we have to remember, the Temple Mount was the highest mountain in the area. And Iridabid, if you know, if you've been to Iridabid, Iridabed is below the Temple Mount. The old city we have today is much later, destroyed by the Babylonians, destroyed by the Romans, um, built on top of ruins, and then the Jordanians destroyed it. I just saw a new synagogue they're building, which was destroyed by the Jordanians. Beautiful new synagogue, which I, I haven't seen. Uh, uh, I can, you know, It's hard to see it because it's covered by a, a, bra- a black uh, plastic. And if you don't look up, you don't see it. So interesting. I just noticed it today. It's called Teferi Israel. They're building a brand new synagogue in the old city. Uh, just buy all the food. So it's very convenient. You have your food. You go to the synagogue. You go to synagogue. You have your food. It's right there, so right there by the tourist destinations right there in the old city. Anyway, who can climb the mountain of God? Who can climb up to God? Who wants to meet God? Who can climb the mountain of God? And then who can stand up there in the rarefied atmosphere in the mountain of God? Can you imagine climbing up the mountain of God, the spirituality? The path to spirituality is like climbing a mountain. That's David Amir says. The path to spirituality is climbing a mountain. And then, even if you climb the mountain, who could stay up there? We know climbing Everest is hard enough. But you can never stay up there because the air, the atmosphere is so rarefied. You can't really live there. There's nothing to do over there. So David al asks, who can climb the mountain of God? Who can climb this mountain of spirituality? And who can stay up there? That's the hardest part, right? You climb the mountain and then the answer pulls pull you down. And you climb again. You come down again. That's human. Human life is climbing and falling. I call it, I call it shoots and ladders. In uh, England, it's called snakes and ladders, which is more appropriate from a Jewish theological principle, right? So you climb the mountain of God, This the ladder, you climb the ladder and you get bitten by the snake with the proverbial snake, which is the it's and you fall down again, climb the ladder again, that's life. Life is climbing, falling, climbing, falling. Just make sure that the climbing is higher than the falling, <laughs> suspect a person's still higher than where they were right so the stock market's falling just make sure it falls less than what it climbed before so that's way you're up anyway so a person's life we should be up always on life as rather shown so who is the person who can climb god's mountain who can be spiritual in god's house number one the person with clean hands you know wash your hands it's part of jewish ritual is washing hands But the symbolism is that our hands should be clean from robbery and other things, not to touch things which don't belong to us, not to touch things which are inappropriate. I'm going to go into details, but everyone can think of what I'm talking about. Uh, One with clean hands and a pure heart. This is so hard to have a pure heart. What is a pure heart? A person who does not think how to do evil to others. A person who only thinks how to do good for others. You see someone, what can I do for them? What can I help them? I bless them. Uh, Hashem should bless them. One who is not sworn in vain by my soul, not sworn deceitfully on, doesn't tell lies. He will receive a blessing from Hashem and just kindness from the God of his salvation. Okay, so it's an amazing psalm. Please read this psalm. Um, it's good to do it every single day, even though it's not in our liturgy every single day. But this is a secret psalm for Parnasa. If you need... Everyone who doesn't need um, financial success, this is the Psalm for financial success The Sephardim have, and a lot of Ashkenazim today have adopted it. The Hasidim adopted it today. The Arizal says they say it on the night of Rosh Hashanah after all the prayers, the end of the prayers. We say this Psalm for sustenance for Parnassah in the coming year, and also on the night of Yom Kippur after Kol Nidre, we say this Psalm. And it's a very powerful psalm. In the Sephardic synagogues. we sell the honor of the person to open the ark. When this psalm is being recited, it's a terrific singular for parnasa, for sustenance and success, financial success. Why? What's the connection to financial success in the psalm? First, to be financially successful, the person got to realize everything Belongs to God. That's the secret of the psalm. Everything belongs to God. Hashem's is the earth and its fullness and everything that is on the earth, which we're going to talk about. Beautiful psalm. Please try and say it at least once a day and it'll be successful in all your endeavors. So a person needs success in their endeavors. Psalm 24, highly recommended. I recommend it. Highly recommended. If you can say it once a day, whenever you need it, whenever you need it. Very powerful psalm. Psalm 23 is famous. Psalm 24 is said every Sunday in our prayer book, right? Every Sunday the prayer book is the Psalm for the first day of the week. Uh, this is the Psalm for Sundays. Very important to have Kavanah when you say it, having intentions, what it's all about. It's about God's. Uh, everything belongs to God. Everything else. again a principle of our faith. Everything in this world belongs to God. God will create the world. So so uh, let's discuss this psalm more in detail. So it's a Sigula, as I mentioned, for parnasah, for uh, wealth. So secret of wealth is this psalm, Psalm 24. It starts off that everything belongs to God, and everything was created by God. He is the owner of this world and everything in it. He's the owner of the universe. And we are here because of God's largesse. God is a generous God. Hanun, God gives for no reason. That's one of the 13 attributes, Hanun, gratuitous God. He gives for the reason. And we are enjoying the benefits of being God's world. Really, we have to appreciate God's world. Every time we see a tree growing, plants, flowers, uh, nice day, sun, rain, whatever it is, we have to acknowledge. And this is Hashem's world. Thank you, Hashem, for everything he gave us. We have to acknowledge all the time. And who can climb? Then we come to who climb God's mountain, which is the spiritual site of life. We must never lose sight. The metaphor reminds us all the time. There's physical success and there's spiritual success. And spiritual success is climbing the mountain of God, which is one of our goals in our lives is to climb the mountain of God, the spiritual mountain of God, to try and reach upwards higher and higher every single day in our spiritual reality, in our linkage to God, in our, in our talking to God, in our tefillah, in our Talmud Torah, in our relationships with other people, and our children, our grandchildren, and our brothers and sisters, seeing godliness in everyone, seeing godliness in everyone, the spark of, of God in everyone, and relating to the spark of God in everyone. That is getting close to Hashem. Different vehicles are getting close to Hashem. We said the Magin David represents the triangle of inner, outer and upper. Inner, outer, and upper. Inner is ourselves inside, finding our own soul. Outer is through other people doing kindness, acts of kindness, and upward is praying, is praying to God, reaching upward. So those three different mechanisms to climb the mountain of God. Hashem gave us different mechanisms to climb the mountain of God. Today I saw an elderly man who was standing by the bus stop and there's an old lady there with a, a big wagon and she couldn't manage. She was, she was too shy to ask for help and he offered her help. And I said, bless that man. Bless him, Hashem, bless that man. He did an act of kindness. He missed his bus, by the way. (laughs) He missed his bus. He took time waiting for the bus. He left the bus stop and he took this woman. He pushed her carriage all the way to the entrance of her house. And she said, thank you, thank you. God bless you. And Bezra'al Hashem, Hashem, bless that man, helping that woman. Act of kindness. So a person who finds spirituality, Every day, in every different way, between man and man, man and God, between oneself and God, just by meditating, praying properly, connecting to Hashem. So that's the way of finding spirituality. That's the climbing the mountain of God, a very important concept. So David says, number one, you want to be rich. Yeah, you are. You remember, Hashem created the world, everything in it. But you want to be spiritual as well. You have to climb the mountain of God. That's the second path. Climbing the mountain of God. And who climbed the mountain of God? Purity. Of motives, purity of soul, purity of thoughts, very hard. Bar leva, bar leva, purity of heart and purity of soul and purity of motives. He Hashem. He will get a blessing from Hashem. That person has purity of motives, purity of heart, cleanliness of hands, and not take anything which did not belong to him. So hard. Not mm-hmm. to take anything that doesn't belong to you, keep away from robbery and obviously a person doesn't rob, but maybe you know that you got came back with more change than you should have come back with. Other things, uh the ticket collecting not punch your card, whatever it is. These are small things, but they're big things there. the reward is tremendous. The person gets blessing from God. You know, the biggest blessing is to get a blessing from God. The biggest blessing in life is to get a brach from God. If you want one thing to ask for, one of the things I ask for is bracha you know we're so fortunate sitting up here in israel we get blessings from the kohanim every single day and sometimes i hear the blessing twice because i'm in a minion followed by a minion and sometimes I get a blessing twice oh what a bracha what a bracha we get god's blessing what oh, Hashem give us blessings we should pray every day isa bracha made hashem Psalm 24 a person should get blessings from hashem Stuck up, but hey, sure. We don't really realize that we're getting stuck from Hashem. You know, uh, who can say I deserve it? Hashem, give me because I deserve it. Never say that. A person that we don't know what we deserve. And we never know what we deserve. We don't got God to judge us, so we're getting stuck up from Hashem. So, a person who has a clean heart, clean hands. We'll get a blessing from Hashem and get Slaqka from Hashem. Whatever they get, they get blessings from Hashem. What more do we want? Blessings from Hashem. Want to climb the mountain of God. So the physical and the spiritual go together, both success in both places. And Su uh, Now, some people say this song was said by Solomon when he dedicated the first temple. dedicated the first temple. He said the psalm. Open up the gates. I about the gates of the temple. And be uplifted your everlasting entrances so that the king of glory may enter. Who is the king of glory? Hashem, the mighty and strong Hashem. The strong in battle. So why strong in battle? Because the Ark of God would go in front of the Jewish army when they went to battle. Okay, so this is a very powerful song a psalm of David, psalm 24, parnassah, uh, f- sustenance, physical blessing, and spiritual climbing, surrounded by God's protection, opening the gates of the Beit HaMikdash, dedicating the sanctuary to God, a place on earth to meet the divine presence. So, this is a very important psalm. So, it's a, as you said, it's said in the synagogue on Sunday, psalm of the day, on Sundays, and Ashkenazim say it many other times during the week when they take back the seventh Torah, to the Ark. And the last four verses are part of the Musaf prayer of Rosh Hashanah, which deal with the kingship of God, because they end up in the king, they talk about the kingship of God, tremendously beautiful verses dealing with the kingship of God. Who is the king of glory? The king of glory mentions a few times. Hashem, the mighty and strong Hashem, the king of glory may enter. Who is the king of glory? Hashem of legions. He's the king of glory. up. So four kings. Who is the king? Who is the king? Who is the king? Hashem is the king of glory. May his name be blessed forever and ever. Amen. So it's uh, so a beautiful psalm. And it's, uh, we have a lot of Midrashim. We're going to go through some of the Midrashim on the psalm. There were four psalms that, that Adam, the first man, should have said that David HaMerech said on his behalf. What are they? This is one of them. That Hashem, all the, 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 uh, all the earth and its fullness belong to God. So why didn't Adam say this? Adam should have said this. Adam why should Adam have said this? Because he was the first man and the world was created for him. He should have recognized that the world was created by God and everything in it was, belongs to God. He didn't. He didn't say it. So David Amirah said it on behalf of Adam. So beautiful. And David Amirah filled in the blanks. Amar of Yehuda. Now, second Midrash. this is a very famous Kemara in Brachot. Page 35a, whoever has benefit from this world without a blessing, as if they are robbing from God. Why? Because of this verse. This verse says, everything in the world belongs to God. So, a person who takes something from the world without a blessing is robbing from God. So, before the blessing is robbing from God, after the blessing, after you acknowledge that God is the creator of everything in the world. You take, it's like saying, please, and Hashem gives it to you. Then you can use it before a person has benefited from all the blessings like from from God. So it's a formality to say a prayer before you eat, acknowledging that God is the creator, acknowledging that everything comes from God. This, the source of this is in Psalm 24, mm-hmm. which is this powerful, beautiful psalm, one of my favorite psalms. And, uh, okay, we are going to stop here. And we will continue next week. I have a few more favorite Psalms to talk about, and then we'll move on mm-hmm. in the coming weeks about King David. We haven't finished David's life, his trials and tribulations mm-hmm. relating to his family affairs, mainly. Unfortunately, um, may all our troubles never be our families. Bezra Hashem, we should have the most success and most pleasure from our own families and our children and grandchildren. I bless you all, Ezra Hashem, all blessings from. Yushalaimira Kodish and Eritza Kodish. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by ToraanyTime.com.